The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of A Changing Attitude. Today we'll be looking at uh, the January 13th, 1997 edition of Raw and joining me today is uh, a host of uh, people who got me to this seat today. (laughs) So first we have Tanner, how are you sir? Uh, I'm doing quite well Danny, how are you doing today? Really well, well thank you very much and uh, also we have Mags. Kablam! Still absolutely worn out from last night's Royal Rumble escapades. Oh yeah, what did you think of that? What did you think of that? uh, I'm feeling the same. I was up with you on the chat. And uh, also someone who's along with us on that Royal Rumble chat is Ori the Draw. How are you, Ori? I am still, like, I slept in. And like, <laughs> I was woken up once. I rolled over and went back to sleep by accident. And then I was woken up again. And my husband's like, babe, it's almost noon. And I'm like, oh, I, I got to get up. I got to get up. It, it was like 1115. He does that to me constantly. But I have my Hufflepuff cauldron worth of coffee. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think I'm ready to go. I think. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're following along on the Peacock, this is season five. We are finally into season five of um, of Raw, episode two. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you very much. And, um, yep, so today, as we said earlier, uh, the January 13th, 1997 edition of Raw took place at the Knickerbocker Arena in Albany, New York. Um, the same as last week, really, wasn't it? And we uh, start with uh, a great opening video. What did everyone think of this uh, little video that they showed uh, where we saw Road Dog uh, acting as a fan? Did anyone catch this? I've, I've noticed it before. I feel like it's stock footage from somewhere that they've used in previous videos with Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, kind of strange that uh, I guess the road dog Jesse James, such a big fan of Shawn Michaels, you know, at this time, <laughs> you know, it's not like he has like a, a multi-platinum recording career that he talked about himself for many promos <laughs> over the course of the last few months. No, not at all. He's just a fan, just a fan of Shawn Michaels. Yeah, it, it reminded me of um, that classic Cena clip where he's coming into the arena, going through the crowd, and then. You see uh, one of the fans challenge him to a battle rap, and then you, the fan is Kenny from the Spirit Squad. He's quite clearly mm. Kenny from the Spirit Squad, but he acts like a fan. Yeah, it's, it was, 
Yeah, it was odd seeing seeing um, Raw Dog in that position. Kind of like it was odd seeing um, Dilo Brown uh, a, a week or so ago acting uh, as part of one of the the minions for Nation of Domination and getting his ass whooped by a. Uh, by Ahmed Johnson, it's weird scene. Shotgun Saturday night. We, yeah, we, still, exactly. need to, we still need to watch it. We certainly do. <laughs> At least good. Screw the pooch. Yeah, we're going to try and put that off as long as we can. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> speaking of putting off, uh, we open this show with Jerry Laura and Triple H. Uh, getting the jabroni entrance here as they take on Mark Miro and Goldust. Um, mm. What did you guys think of this? We'll start with you, Ori. Um, well, we also had Vince and Honky Tonk Man back on commentary again, which to some extent makes sense because, you know, King is in the ring. No clue where JR is. JR is kind of coming and going as he pleases. He's missing. Yeah, he's missing in action. His mic isn't working, so he's not working, I guess. I don't know. Um, the match was okay. It, it wasn't was it? terrible. It, was it? No, it was pretty terrible. <laughs> I mean, there there were some okay points to it. It, it wasn't... It was... <sighs> It's, yeah, you're it, being far too nice about this, Ori. You, really you, need to, you need to tell us what awful. you really feel. This tell us, was tell us how you feel. Okay. It, also, in my defense, I stayed up after we we did the stream. I stayed up for a little while after, so I'm still like, and I watched it before we did the Royal Rumble stream. So I'm also trying to remember. This is why I typically watch right before we record, so that it's all nice and fresh in my head. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, I have my notebook full of notes, but, I mean, I have no notes on it. I mean, that should mm. tell you something. Mm. And, and I'll be honest with you, I have no notes on most of the matches, which should also tell you something. Mm. I mean, but that kind of seems to be on par for the course for this early section of the Attitude Era of Raw. Would you say that it's not noteworthy? Yes. Yes, I would. Excellent pun usage. I'm very proud. He's here all week. Tip your waitress. (laughs) Uh, I hated this match. I hated this match. I hate the fact that Jerry Lawler's in it. Um, I hate the, the cowardly Triple H. The only time I was remotely interested was the the hint of a of a, a battle between Goldust and Mark Miro, um, when Goldust literally punched the living piss out of Miro and he did nothing about it, just took it like the absolute cook that he is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> wow. this was a, 11, 12 minutes uh, of tedium. Absolute tedium. It, it was it was an 80s style match, which we're trying to get out of that era with uh, Jerry Lawler being the cowardly heel, then having a uh, a foreign object, Triple H trying to avoid gold dust at, uh, at every single turn. Yeah, we didn't we didn't need 12 minutes of this this trap. This could have been done in four or five minutes and 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 fitted something something else in. Yeah, um, I didn't like it one little bit. It was a, a minus five stars from me. 
Why, <laughs> minus five. Wow. I mean, he, I mean, look, as no, as as Ori pointed out, this is not a noteworthy match here, but minus five seems awfully harsh. It's because I I felt the last couple of rows have, have kind of been like a, almost a change. We've we've sat through some some horrific wrestling. And the last uh-huh. couple of rows for me have, have felt like a breath of fresh air. And this is a big old step back into the latter part of 1996 to me. And that's mm. why I'm scoring it down. Hey, mm. I mean, that's fa- fair enough. Yeah. So you're saying you didn't like it, Bex? <laughs> it <were all> right. <laughs> I liked the Brock Lesnar winning the Rumble better than I like this. Wow. <laughs> wow. And, that, uh, and that's interesting. <laughs> What did you think of it, Tyler? Oh, I mean, it, it's obvious from the get-go. If you watch this episode and and uh, have to trudge through this match here, um, th- this whole match is built around the concept of uh, Gold Dust trying to get to Triple H. Um, you know, because uh, you know that's the way that feuds work, right? Like that's you know he's trying he's trying to he's trying to beat up Triple H. Um, the, the match itself went on. Um, certainly way too long i think um 11 and a half minutes uh for what you get in return for this not not the best way as as both mags and ori pointed out previously not the best way to spend time um when goldust eventually does get the hot tag in um he proceeds to uh viciously uh beat up triple h and then gets him stuck in the ropes and uh Proceeds then to start choking him uh, until the the referee uh, just he 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 tries to break it up. He tries to get in between them. He can't. He's very unsuccessful. Very much like uh like Mark Marrow's uh, attempts would would be unsuccessful. Um, Goldust I think shoves the referee aside and then um, the referee gets back in and without the referee even alerting the bell or anything, the bell rings mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, that's 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 your finish here, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, um, really and truly, that was the most interesting part of the match, aside from any time uh, Triple H went to go, like, King would hold either Mark Marrow or Goldust, mm-hmm. and Triple H would go to swing on him, and twice they ducked out of the way, and he hit King. That was the most interesting part of the match. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll put it this way. I found it interesting because... Normally, when you would see something like that nowadays, King would have just walked out. He was like, he'd have been like, fine, you're on your own. And it seemed like there was a lot of attempts to apologize and placate King by Triple H, and which felt kind of weird mm. for me, I guess, because I've watched more of the modern wrestling. But, I mean, between the choking with the ringing of the bell without it being initiated by the ref and that that those interactions was really the the more interesting parts of this match really and truly and then gold dust eventually turning on mark marrow at the end yeah so gold dust turns on on mark marrow at the end as mark Marrow's like hey come on gold dust old buddy old pal old friend why don't you just uh chill out there we don't we don't need to get involved in all this we've already been disqualified thanks to you uh you know just chill out for a minute here it's not that serious and then gold dust yells at mark marrow and then punches him in the face twice and you would think you know, Mark Marrow would have the gumption to 
uh, I don't know, um, retaliate or Hulk up or do something for us to come, like get this feeling of well, well, Mark Merrow's obviously not going to stand for being punched in the face twice. No, he completely no sells it and then tells Goldust, "Hey, that's not right. We're still partners." Please stop doing this. He he was the nicest man alive that day. Mark Merrow was. He really was, wasn't he? (laughs) What did you Um, think of the match, Danny? um, I'll take all what you said, and uh, I completely agree with it, because this did go on way too long. Um, I think if we got entrances of uh, Triple H and Jerry, uh, it would have been shaved down at least about six minutes, so... (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it it just went on just a long opener. But um, something that didn't go on long enough for me was this uh, next segment, which was the Sid Vicious uh, interview or Psycho Sid. Um, what do you guys think about this? This was, uh, to me, it was just probably his best interview. What did you guys think? Yeah, I thought I, 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 his best, maybe a bit of a stretch. I think uh, he's been low-key absolutely killing it with uh, with the promos uh, over the last few weeks. Um, I thought it was a unique way to, to do it with him being uh, alone, looking up at the Al- Alamo Dome. There's a, a few sketchy parts in it, which are, in 2022 feel a little bit on the nose, but I, I liked all the, uh, in pointing to uh, sections and saying, or oh, all your family are going to, and your friends are going to be in that section. Uh, and then he gets onto the, the top row and the, all the seats in the roof, um, apparently, um, all being full of Mexicans, which uh, was a little bit, uh, but saying they're all going to know, uh, they're, they're all going to know the look, uh, of, of of the the man who uh, who is the leader and the ruler of the world, I, I love uh, Sid's promos at this time. I think he absolutely nails what he what he needs to say. He really, kind of makes himself look legitimate. Uh, and we've said it multiple times, but it bears repeating: the quieter his promos go, the more intense that they become, and the more you are kind of dragged into what he's saying. Yeah, I, I thought this uh, Sid promo was a banger definitely um what did you think about this tanner yeah i mean it was a interesting promo uh here by psycho said he quotes a german philosopher uh that goes unnamed would really like to know who he's talking about um uh, but yeah he, he he we do get this this evil side of of psycho sid here that uh that I've kind of been clamoring for. I mean, he's kind of done all the the same song and dance kind of uh, uh, heel uh, tropes. You know, he beat up uh, um, Jose Lothario's son. Uh, what was his name? Bob. Pete. Pete, Pete Lothario. Pete Lothario. Pete Lothario. And and on that, they they do um they do like um, a slow motion replay of it, and you can see that the table is gimmicked. See a massive cutout uh, from the 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 wood stanchions on it together, and it still didn't go through. How oh. weak was Sid, Sid's power bomb that he couldn't break a gimmicked table? Oh, but he could break his leg in 1999, and we will all see that here. 
shortly on uh <laughs> oh, sorry was that, almost, not, was that made... on nitro i'm sure that's on nitro. yeah it's on, it's on nitro yeah. and if you want to see that dana here will yeah. be watching that in the near future with say on nitro nats available yeah, on radio techers all segues, all segues here, you know. <laughs> I almost made Mag sick there just a moment ago when I brought up Sid's leg. It's um, it's the worst. It's one of the worst wrestling injuries that I remember. Oh it's yeah, horrific. I, I, was, I remember seeing it live as a kid. It was just disturbing. It's just um, how floppy his leg is afterwards. Oh yeah, mm. it's like a windshield wiper. Um, <laughs> That's such a horrible visual. No, but uh, but as as for uh, for Sid. Uh, you know, with this promo, um, it, it was it was fine. You know, it was it was a solid promo by by Sid here. Um, you know, nothing worth making note of except for he's doing this promo in an empty arena. Um, but but bit it shouldn't have been empty because right. there are two douchebag fans who have been in that arena <laughs> for about a month. Where were they? Yeah, perhaps perhaps it was Road Dog. And uh, <laughs> you know, maybe he was one Lord. of them. Wait no, for Sean Michaels' autograph. <laughs> it was. I really think doing promos for Sid like this, taped promos, the empty arena, the echoing of the voice. You know, the starting off soft and rather slow, and then ramping it up. I, I think it lends itself very well to Sid's abilities. Um, I think it plays off of him very, very well. Um, I definitely one of his better promos. I thought it was really, really good. I'll be honest with you. I liked his promo much better than Sean's. Oh yeah. Much better than Sean's. Sean, Sean may have been intoxicated at the time. I don't know. (laughs) Sean looked like he was straight reading from cue cards. May may or may not. I don't know. That's, he, like, was de- he was definitely on the the the, the sexy sugar before that, that promo. <laughs> oh, yeah, there was there because I kept noticing him. You know, as you're watching it, look down into his right, your left as you're watching it at home, and I'm going, "All right, homie either has cue cards or he's watching a time clock to make sure he doesn't run out of time." <laughs> Can you imagine if he kept going line and so on? Oh God, <laughs> that would have been brilliant. He wouldn't have got a Tony Award for that, would he, Ori? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Um, yeah, we go st- after a commercial break, we go straight to that the park place, which I tried to look up. I, I don't think it's uh, there anymore. Um, I believe it's just a park now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we go to that uh, venue where... Tanner's Michael... nodding like he knows this place well. Yeah, I'm, 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 I was born in San Antonio. I happen to go there quite you, often. You spend a lot of time in Park Place? Uh, I just know that it's no longer a, like a club. There's not a oh, okay. this is not like a club that you can go to. No. Okay. I didn't know if maybe, you know, you know, once you were of drinking age, you spent a lot of time in the park place, went and found the actual chair 
that Shawn Michaels sat at at the bar and if, if gently lowered in, yourself in, into yes, it and just shuddered with, with I mean, pleasure that I sat where Shawn sat. No, I mean, just I, a sexy boy. I mean, sexy I mostly just boy. Uh, go to the zoo and go to see the river walk and yeah. Of course you did. Yeah, I mean. Yep. Chair That's ain't it. there anymore, so I mean there ain't no chair to sit in. <laughs> and neither are the fans. Just they? going turning up one solitary tier. I remember when there was a chair when there. This, this chair used to sit. The, the, the great just a sexy boy. heartbreak a kid, sexy Shawn Michaels. Boy. You know, San Antonio's uh uh finest wrestler. Uh, mm. yeah. Prodigal son. Prodigal son. <laughs> That might it's, be Tim Duncan, though. I mean, you see, you see in this interview with with uh, Shawn Michaels, there's a lot of uh, fans there with San Antonio Spurs cups and uh, San Antonio Spurs merch. Yeah, uh, big big basketball town, San Antonio Lo- loves loves the Spurs. But um, I'm just wondering. I wonder if the fans were paid uh, to be here because they were very close to Shawn Michaels, weren't they? <laughs> they were very close to Shawn Michaels. Uncomfortably close. Mm. One. Oh yeah, there was one woman completely draped over him, just yeah. like practically burying her face in his in his jacket. Just mm. one arm over one shoulder, the other arm just like I'm gonna sit here and sniff his shoulder and <laughs> oh, most be his pre- yeah, being be in his presence. One has to wonder what Sonny thought of all this. Mm. Um, and, and what made it even more creepy was he went into almost DX style uh, mm. promos when he was talking about he's all man and he's at least a yard wide, if you know what I mean. No, Sean, we don't know what you mean. Why don't you just hit it straight on the nose? And, what you mean? And why did you Jesus. use the, the why did you use the dimension width? Yeah. Seems like a very odd, uh, maybe depth, maybe yeah. a yard around length. Yeah, a yard. Ar- he's, he's a he's a. From a woman's perspective, that all just sounds very painful. <laughs> no, thank you. No, but but, but I mean, he is the leader of the new is, generation. That's yeah, he, and claims. he keeps referencing the new generation. So I mean, it's coming. It's it's on its way. One, one could argue it's here. Right now. <laughs> I mean, well, but I mean, <clears throat> as far as DX being fully formed. And, oh, and, D- DX specifically. Yeah, yes. it's, it, he's laying the groundwork basically for DX now. Yeah. I don't know if it's been specifically talked about, at, you know, backstage at this point in time and if it's in the process. But I mean, he's basically laying the groundwork for it at this point. Oh, he and Triple H were were very close at this time. Yes. Well, yeah, but but whether or not they've pushed the idea of Degeneration X to Vince, and whether or not it's it's you know in the works and so forth, that's that's what I'm suggesting. Mm-hmm. Mm, definitely. And uh, then after a short commercial, we get uh, Bret Hart coming out, uh, who is mm. limping to the commentary table where immediately he puts over Rocky Marvia and spends the majority of this next match that we'll be talking about um, just telling everyone how good Rocky Marvia is, um, as this match is Rocky Marvia versus the British Bulldog. And uh, Max, what did you think of this match as a whole? Yeah, well, firstly, it was a, a way better match than the opener. Um, I really liked uh, Brett putting over Rocky. Um, that's what 
you expect uh, an elder statesman wrestler to do. He makes uh, Rocky, just from the, the commentary, look like a future superstar. Uh, and then Rocky's there proving it in the ring by having mm. a decent match with Bulldog. And um, Bulldog, can, Bulldog is... Un, so underrated in making his opponents look really, really good. He's mm. uh, he's awesome at selling, and he makes our, our Rocker look outstanding. But the best part of this match was the just the shithousery from Owen Hart, mm. just to be standing there, eyeballing Bret Hart whilst he's trying to watch them watch the match, and just it's brilliant. It's brilliant play from Owen Hart. He's so damn good at stuff like this. Uh, and then obviously we get uh, the Austin in, uh, interference. Brett has promised that if Austin gets involved, uh, that he'll uh, he'll uh, whoop his ass um, because obviously Brett is limping be- because mm. he was pilmanized on uh, on on superstars by by uh, by Austin. So when Austin does get involved and and Owen is essentially trying to stop Brett getting in getting to Austin, um, leads to the kind of the the, the shenanigan finish, which then gives Rocket the, a huge win, a massive win over Bulldog. This is, uh, yeah, it's it's it was really good. Night and day for me compared to the opener. Really makes um, um, Rocky look good. Continues the the, the storyline with um, with Brett and and Owen and with uh, Austin. Yeah, uh, this ticked a lot of boxes for me. What did you think, Corey, of this? No, I completely agree with Mags. And there's something, I mean, they're already really building Rocky as a baby face at this point, you know, whether it's things that are said on commentary, but I liked the fact that, and I guess it's kind of a really weird thing because normally when you see a baby face in a heel meetup, you know, if something happens to the heel, the baby face is just like, cool, good. I'm, I'm good with it. And then I'm gone. But Rocky, like, at the end of the match, it was like he realized that something had happened. And while he was happy to get the win, you could kind of tell that that's not the way he wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And he was concerned Mm -hmm. about Bulldog. And it was kind of nice and refreshing, you know, because while Bulldog is a heel, you know, I don't know. I don't know how exactly to phrase it. You know, it's not like he was trying underhanded tricks. He was having a straight up and down, clean, good match against, against rock bulldog was. And it, it almost the, the, because of the actions in that match, it almost pushed him into that face category. Does that make sense? Mm. Like mm-hmm. he didn't quite feel like a heel by the end of the the match, and it it was kind of it was just kind of nice, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too there, nice and huggy about it. I, th- I think you're onto something here, and that there are some complexities here within the characters of, uh, I guess, the Hart family. Um, but you know, by extension here. Um, Brett, obviously, you know, he, Brett's very much the baby face here in this situation. He's on commentary. Owen, he's out there supporting Bulldog. He's also kind of staring down Brett because of their their history. Um, uh, but 
by the end of the match, you see, um, you know, uh, you, you see Owen, I guess, chasing Austin to the back with Brett. Um, so, so there is the kind of this, um, this dynamic of Austin kind of causing chaos and anarchy, uh, but also, um, you've got Brett and Owen probably more specifically and, and, and Bulldog also to an extent of, of having the, the scruples, uh, if you will, of not stooping down to that same level. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're obviously going there, at, uh, to, to chase Austin to the back out of, retaliation not not out of just wanting to cause you know the same amount of chaos there that that austin is well and i think there's also something to be said because it depends on who they're up against which makes it a more complex story because you know owen is just straight heel and i think the way they've kind of booked things it's like if owen is i mean if brett is against sean it could be either or, but if it's Brett versus Stone Cold, Brett's obviously the face. You know, th- there's a lot of deep complexities within the storylines that are happening right now. Like Bulldog is typically the heel, but if they're going to go, let's say Bulldog goes to get retaliation against Stone Cold. In that case, Bulldog is going to be the face, you know, mm-hmm. because... Stone Cold is too deeply ingrained in that heel persona right now. And it makes for more interesting television, honestly. Yeah, there's there's certainly um, lots of character work going on. I mean, Mm. each wrestler in in this whole kind of uh, scenario is playing multiple roles at once. I mean, Bulldog is, like I said, he he wants retaliation on on Austin, but he's also trying to be peacemaker between Owen and and Brett. So there's so much complexity here that it's it's actually unexpected from 1996, early 1997 uh, WWF for there to be character work with such complexity. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty refreshing. Hmm. I thought we'd have to wait till uh, the 2000s to uh, get this when they started bringing in the Hollywood writers. But yeah, it's uh, I agree with you there. And um, yeah, the highlight for this uh, was for me was uh, Austin running out because he's been very consistent, keeps running out and uh, just clipping someone in the leg or attacking someone and then running back. But mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, that, uh, straight after that, we head back to the park place where I don't know if anyone called this Rocky Maivia was appeared. How? In the... <laughs> Not only did I catch it, I rewound it mm. 10 seconds because Vince actually makes note of it to which yes. honky tonk calls him out on later on. I'm, like Honky Tonk's like, way to break kayfabe, man. <laughs> you know, he. I mean, he may as well have said that. It was just like, wasn't he five minutes before but they're live i mean how how far is new york and san antonio though come on it's around the corner (laughs) no no nowhere close one of the worst continuity errors ever i mean that was abysmal but yeah (laughs) or the rock's just some time traveler well there, Um, there is i mean there is one thing that's worth pointing out, and that Park Place is really more or less 
nowadays considered a neighborhood within San Antonio. So they could have been just very vague and being like, oh, he's at Park Place. Uh, but in <laughs> fact, he's millions, not millions, but thousands of miles away in New York City. And that's awfully disappointing. Yeah, that, that's a stretch, though, Tanner, to be fair, because <laughs> he was wrestling in the Knickerbocker Arena. <laughs> no, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's he's not actually there. It's just... <sighs> It could be one of his next films, this uh, storyline. So <laughs> um, now we go to the main event at last, uh, the, what they've been hyping all night, The Undertaker versus Crush. Um, this uh, was a big match, a big man's match I've wrote down here. Um, what did you think of this, guys? I'll start with you, Ori. The Rocky Maivia Bulldog match was better. Mm. And the <laughs> shenanigans at the end went on way too long. Mm-hmm. Like we just, we all watched Rumble, Royal Rumble last night, right? I know Mags did because I was there with him. I know Danny did because he was there in the chat with us for the live stream. Tanner, you watched yeah. it as well. Yeah. Okay. So there were shenanigans at the end of the Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins match. And I did have people tell me, that it went on too long. Okay. But I don't feel, yeah. yes, I, absolutely. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Yeah. I felt like, match I night. felt like everything about that match was just chef's kiss. Yes. Perfect. Including the post-match attack with the chair and how long that went on for. To me, the nation of domination attacking Undertaker went way too long before Ahmed Johnson ran in. I mm. think they could have filled that some of that time with much, with better wrestling and then ha- still had the shenanigans, the attack, and then had Ahmed Johnson run in. It, it, that just felt, because I, I don't know how, but I knew, I was like, Ahmed Johnson's coming in. They're all attacking Undertaker. Ahmed Johnson's going to come to his defense. I've never watched this. This is the first time I've watched it. Yeah. And and part of me just goes back to things that we were saying last night in the live stream. That when, it, when it gets to that point where you just know, you can feel and predict what's going to happen next, hmm. it's not as interesting. It's not as captivating. But this mm-hmm. whole thing is building up to Ahmed Johnson and Farouk having that that blow off from Farouk injuring Ahmed Johnson, despite the fact that Farouk has changed gimmicks, what, twice now? (laughs) You know, there's still going to be that run back. And so I I don't know. It it was fine, I guess, but it was the, the shenanigans after were way too long for me. Definitely agreed. What did you think of this, Max? There's a word to describe um, matches like this, and it's clusterfuck. That finish was a massive, uh, massive clusterfuck. And I don't mind a, a clusterfuck match if the wrestling before it was good, if the the story you're trying to tell makes sense. Um, but this failed in both those. Um, Crush versus Taker at this time uh, was not good. The match was, for me, was not 
interesting. Uh, the it was it felt sloppy. It felt slow. Uh, I don't like the the two um, nation of domination lackeys. Um, they they don't even look like wrestlers. So how they've got the the brass neck to be involved is uh, it's just beyond me. Um, the Vader coming in, we it may it, it it has a point because he's obviously going on to face the Undertaker. But then why not have that uh, be its own separate thing? I don't understand why you have to mash together the the Nation and Domination versus um, Ahmed Johnson and Taker versus uh, Vader uh, storylines together. It just didn't make sense for me. Um, and there was absolutely no need for it. You could have shaved half of the time from the, uh, from the opening match uh, have some sort of a conflict between um, between one of these part uh, uh, storylines, and then save the 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 rest for this. You could have easily had Ahmed Johnson versus Crush. Um, you didn't need to all be be here, and it certainly wasn't a good enough match to carry that ridiculous uh, finish for me. Uh, yeah, it was just it was just a massive massive clusterfuck. Mm. There's just no other way to describe it. I, mean, I missed last week's show. Have, have they had any interaction between Taker and Vader up until now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. A little bit in, in like the 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 aisle uh, going towards the ring. So th- th- that was the whole purpose of having Vader in this was just so that they could get more eyes on it to to promote that match because they've mm-hmm. done no build basically. Yeah. They've so, done so little build. So I mean this this. <laughs> this should not come to any surprise to any of us, though. This is par for the course of what we've seen over and over and over and over again leading up to this point for, I guess, the the uh, go-home show for pay-per-view, which is WWE books a their last match to have as much chaos in it at the very end, so that way you're like, I have no idea what's going to happen uh, come Sunday. I'm going to have to tune in and buy it to see what's going what's gonna to happen next. Because I've got Undertaker over here, I've got Vader, I've got the Nation of Domination, I've got uh, Farouk laying out um, Ahmed Johnson. Like this is this is par for the course. We even see this today uh, with, with with go home shows to pay per views. Not even just WWE, but we've seen AEW do it. We've seen other companies do it before, where there's just like you know, uh, I guess they they let off that that little bit of chaos. Um, to, to close the show so that way you've got this kind of ambiguity of what's going to happen. This is not me defending the match whatsoever. The match was garbage. Uh, Crush, not a good wrestler. Uh, sorry, Crush. Um, Undertaker, uh, he, uh, he's, he's, Undertaker's yet to meet like his best form uh, as of this moment here. Um, but he's he's working his way up to it. The, the steam is building here, gearing towards WrestleMania 13 for Undertaker. <laughs> but he's not in this. This was this was this was a mistake to put Undertaker and Crush here together. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've 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 just watched Royal Rumble last night. Um, it's interesting, Ori, that you brought up the the Roman versus Seth match because the I think the the Lashley versus Lesnar match is an even better example of uh, of overbooking the finish. Oh I feel, yeah, I feel like you know I personally watched that match really and truly believing yes Lashley's going to beat Brock here. It was just a matter of how, and of course Roman comes in and you know 
he he does the thing, right? He he, he basically hands over the title to to Lashley on a on a silver platter. Um, these these are things that are not going away anytime soon, but. I think that they've gotten better, at least over time, of the subtleties and how they go about doing it. This was just not a very well executed plan, mm-hmm. um, and, and they picked the certainly the wrong match to do it in. Uh, you know the best laid plans of mice and Vince McMahon. <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. And interestingly enough, um, in years to come, in 2001, these two would be featured in a tag team match that uh, was uh, the absolute... uh, Hell on earth! If anyone remembers that from uh, Unforgiven two thousand and one. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. And uh, I just, that just, match... just watched it the other day. Actually, that's interesting. Mm. And this that match was no better than this. Uh, it's probably worse. <laughs> was, was that <laughs> four, was that Undertaker four years and... old and still no better? <laughs> was that Undertaker and Kane versus Chronic? Yes. Yeah. 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 Unforgiven two thousand and one. Great, great match. <laughs> Amazing, so you say a, a dream tag team match oh yeah um, on paper it really should have been but no execution big chronic <laughs> fan you know <laughs> and that's before he watches the wrestling <laughs> but yep and uh that will do it for uh this episode of uh monday night raw where where uh as as tanner said uh next we'll be looking at the 1997 royal rumble and uh yeah. so yep yeah. so before we get out of here um could, let's give out our socials let's start with you tanner where can we find mm-hmm. you online uh you can find me on twitter at texas gentleman underscore um or better yet you can simply follow uh the whole gang here on twitter at radio techers uh where we spend a lot of time and effort putting together nice live streamed videos of uh and also pre-records of uh uh, either it be wrestling content, MMA, or even uh, football content. Uh, the, the the one with the foot, not with the uh, the hand and the oval esque ball. You could um, just say Premier League football because it's not just Premier League. We cover oh, all my sorts apologies. of good stuff. My apologies, good sir. You gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, still, you gotta go and subscribe so I'm, that you can catch up on all the action. Over, I still want to get mags on a, a on an actual American football stream. Oh, well, we, we're gonna we're gonna do the the Super Bowl. Uh, oh, weeks, I can't I wait for that. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding, Mags. You don't have to do that. <laughs> oh no, you have to do that. I am a masochist. <laughs> I would happily do that. And uh, where can we find you, Mags? So you can find me on the social medias on Twitter at Podfather Mags. As Tanner said, uh, I'm heavily involved at all things Radio Techers, whether that's football, proper football, 
not that hand egg nonsense. Um, whether that's wrestling, uh, and go back and check out our uh, WrestleMania live stream, what our Royal Rumble live stream, sorry, that was such fun to do. And hopefully, we'll be doing uh, some more of those in the future. Or uh, MMA, where nobody else but me actually really cares about it, so I'm all on my own oh. for that. Uh, but uh, for you, if you haven't heard enough of me on Radio Techers, you can find me all over here on, on Chairshot on various shows and also on Visionaries Gold Media. So, yeah, come and follow me on Twitter and get links to all the, the content that I am involved in. Perfect. Thank you. And how about you, Ori? Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Ori the Draw. We we go into like just verbal diarrhea, and or is that one sentence? Boom, we out of here. Okay, but in in fairness though, <laughs> this is really the only podcast that I do. You and Tanner have multiple shows to which you should be very proud of. We are still waiting on the the debut drawing heat. Mm. That is very mm. true. That mm. is very true. Mm. I I you know what. It's arriving like via on Raw. Eventually, <laughs> it will get here. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I may have something for that. We might be able to do that this, this week. Might be able to gripe about uh, some finishes from the Royal Rumble. the Royal Rumble sucked ass. <laughs> Wait, just the match or the pay-per-view in its entirety? No, I mean, we could get into it now whilst we're in, just before we go off. I thought it was actually a really good show. I I really enjoyed watching it. Some of the finishes were a little bit whiffy. Uh, the the men's rumble was forgettable, um, but um, I think the women's rumble was really well booked. The the matches in between, uh, spe- the, the, the mixed tag had was better than it ever had any right to be. Um, Rollins versus, um, um, versus Roman was an instant classic. Yeah, I thought it was a really good show. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. And then we set the sign on fire twice. That was absolutely awesome. Twice. Uh, Twice. Yeah, I mean, uh, can't disagree with Mags on on Roman and Rollins. I think that that was clearly the the best match on the card uh, by by a country mile. Um, other than that, though, I mean, um, the, it was a bit of a ho-hum card, you know. Uh, I, I was actually way more hyped about the Women's Rumble um, than than what I was going into the match. I, I feel like uh, that that one really actually uh, exceeded my expectations. The, the Men's Rumble was um, entirely underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just entirely underwhelming. Um, and we and got the, more surprises oh. from the Women's Rumble. And some cool surprises as well, though. Yeah. Molly Holly back, Avery back. And not not just Molly Holly back, but Molly Holly showing up as Mighty Molly, yeah. and then Ivory coming back as full right to censor Ivory. Yeah. Like that was amazing. And, and Cameron, cutting up, Avery cutting a promo whilst being eliminated was just brilliant. Oh, it was brilliant! It was amazing, it was and being eliminated by Rhea Ripley of all people, mm. it was just. It was glorious, for lack of a better phrasing. And and then we get uh, we get in the men's rumble Johnny Knoxville, who we knew about, and the only other surprise is Bad Bunny, who was pretty oh, good. Man. Oh, Bad Bunny! I was massively impressed. We did this get the first Shane. Time I'd seen it. We got, we got Shane. <laughs> that was that was his birthday present, I think, because we didn't get oh. the the obligatory 
uh, happy birthday, Shane McMahon tweet from <laughs> yeah. Vince Love. This was his birthday present. Happy birthday, son. Now go and get but your honestly, ass kicked. It felt like, to me, bringing Shane back was like, hey, son, so uh, we released all these people and nobody wants to come <laughs> yeah. back and we need to fill a spot. Yeah. And did you see who was in the crowd? Nick Khan. Nick Khan, yeah. Okay. Yes, oh, Nick yeah. Nick Khan was uh, was there in the crowd taking notes of uh, who's wow. getting the axe next. <laughs> uh, Otis, Cross, <laughs> Chad Gable, Cross, <laughs> Kofi Kingston screwed up that that landed. Cross. <laughs> that was the most disappointing thing about the men's rumble was, mm, was, was and, and you was, could tell that it it bothered Kofi so bad. Yeah. I hated it for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was quite bad for him. I mean, it was it, the women's rumble. I I I, I liked so much better um, mm. than than the men's. Um, now that being said, you brought up some great points about about Ivory and uh, and and obviously Mighty Molly. Now I I was really excited about that. Um, however, when when I uh, texted one of my friends about it, um, I, I feel like you have to have that amount of context for them. Like you have to know you know, the, the lineage and the history of, of those characters. So if you don't have that 20 years worth of like context and, and like, or even story. 15, 16, cause some of this was still going on, going on about, you know, cause my son's 16. My, Mighty Molly. Yeah. Well, you might have to I go mean, back as far as 20, but I mean, uh, and, and ivory Melina. Yeah. I mean, oh, so Melina like, it was amazing. So I was Kelly like, Kelly. Hey, you know, these people came back Cameron. and they were like, who? Alicia Fox. I was so shocked that not only did they bring back Cameron, but Alicia Fox. And she was sober. I guess what I guess what I'm pointing. I guess what I'm trying to point out here is that uh, this is again WWE reaching into the well of you got it. It's got to be something old. Like all the good things came from the past. Like there's there's nothing that we have here that's new that's worth putting out in front of you. And that's sad because we fired everybody. I mean, yeah, yeah, I can see that point, but the people that they brought back did put over the young. Oh yes, Molly Holly made uh, Nikki Nikki Ash look amazing. Avery made Rhea Ripley look like an absolute badass. Even the Bellas, who I cannot stand, <laughs> they made Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler look look like killers. So yeah. I've got to give them props. I do get your point that reaching back into that well, uh, it was a, a move that they essentially forced upon themselves by culling so many amazingly talented wrestlers. Um, but some of the the the, the, the bringbacks, it, it just felt more important for the for the mm-hmm. women's rumble than the men's. I mean, Sarah Logan coming back, uh, oh, yeah. as Danny said, Melina coming back. Um, yeah, it was just awesome. It just it was a really well planned rumble for me. Well, Molly was. Holly was a, a part of produ- producing mm-hmm. it this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. So, and she's been doing a lot of production, from what I understand, for the women's matches for WWE, which I think is really important to actually have a woman like her who has been so integral to the women's division in these last 20 years, be someone who is, is creating these matches and setting them up and, and helping to execute them so well. I mean, I would have liked to have seen more of, of Molly in the match, but still what she did, you know, to have mighty Molly versus 
Nikki ASH, you know, that's, that's a big thing. That's, that's a really mm-hmm. big thing for that superhero type gimmick, which her and Hurricane Helms pretty much, you know, piloted for, for the most part. Yeah. And so. And, and just one last point uh, to confirm what Ray said on, on the, on the stream. Uh, Avery is 60 years old. Yep. Yeah. That was amazing. That's, that's Doesn't look like old. she's no. aged a friggin' day. No. She 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 looked she is 30. She looked 40. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Amazing. I hope this will lead to bringing back more RTC members. I really Warning. Do. <laughs> Warning. <laughs> it was amazing. That theme song is amazing. The lyrics are just <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yep, that's going to do. And you can find me on uh, Twitter at Scottish Juggalo. I know I do not sound Scottish. I sound the furthest thing from Scottish, but I am uh, by blood. And um, <laughs> you can find me on a new podcast that I'm doing with the great Cy Powell called Nitro Nights, uh, mm-hmm. where we discuss uh, and review every Nitro starting from one to the end. Uh, you can find me on uh, One Man's Meat podcast where me and Chris Bellis are going through the dusty corners of professional wrestling so you don't have to. And you can find me here on A Change in Attitude, which uh, I'm here. Here we go. You're listening to me now. So <laughs> so uh, thank right. you very much. Mm. So, uh, yep. of your imagination, yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, with that, yep, we're gonna uh, sign out of here and uh, hope you all have a good week. And we'll see you for the 1997 Royal Rumble. And uh, remember, always use your head. Fuck Mason Greenwood. Wow. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.